my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. The green transition, an echo promise or a global setback? Now, for years, we've been hearing about this push to renewable everything. We're electrifying everything. We're electrifying vehicles, electric vehicles, EVs. We're electrifying home appliances. All the electrical generation is supposed to come from renewable sources like solar panels and windmills, which sounds great, right? Until you realize it's about as realistic as catching a leprechaun and having them lead you to a pot of gold, which is not very likely. Now, the reality of this was always going to be a factor. I've said this many times until reality hits you in the face. But now with the Fed hiking rates, debt piling high and a recession looming, we're starting to see the cracks everywhere in this push to renewables. The dam is crashing. And over just the last couple of weeks, more and more data is piling in showing just how bad this is. So on today's show, we're going to cover the much celebrated green transition held as, you know, the earth's saving grace. But under closer inspection, we're going to see a massive amount of economic drawbacks, environmental paradoxes, and other things. We're going to see that the global push to adopt cleaner energy solutions comes, uh, it brings an underreported narrative of failed infrastructure projects, slowed EV sales, and policies starting to fall apart. We're going to look at why there was this relentless drive, why there was this push, who stands to gain the most. And we're going to look through the interest behind the green curtain. And we're going to give you strategies that you can use to protect yourself, to arm yourself amidst this green chaos. 
Now, if you're just tuned in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking always about the money and the freedom and how we can protect those things as the world continues to break apart. And today we are watching one of the biggest narratives, this green curtain, like I said, falling apart. Now, it starts with the rise and stall of electric vehicles. Uh, of course, you know about this, the EV push, we've been hearing about it in California, the EV push has been big, but it's not just California, it's the United States and it's other nations that have all been pushing for a move to electric vehicles and not just pushing for a move to it, but as a matter of fact, mandating, this is a very key piece we're gonna come back to over and over throughout this, this uh, segment, mandating the switch to electric vehicles. Certain goals by 2030, by 2035. But the problem is the market doesn't work like that. You can't just will things into existence. There has to be demand. And that is exactly the problem that we have in the EV space. There's no demand. Sales are slow. As a matter of fact, Ford said that customers in North America are unwilling to pay a premium for the EV vehicles. So Ford's electric vehicle push is falling apart. The company is now postponing $12 billion in electric vehicle manufacturing investment. The CFO, John Lawler, said that Ford will postpone about $12 billion in spending on manufacturing capacity for EVs, including a planned second battery plant in Kentucky. So this isn't just like things are bad, sales are bad. This is no, no, we're cutting spending on future production. All right. So these are leading indicators that tell us where the future is going. So either we're going to have, well, both probably much less electric vehicles in the future because Ford's cutting back on future development and we're going to have higher prices, less supply. Now that, <laughs> unless the demand completely falls off the bat, uh, you know, off the cliff, we saw Ford's model EV, their unit lost about 3.1 billion through three quarters this year in 2023. You can't just lose $3 billion in a year. The full year operating loss is $4.5 billion for, the, for Ford's e-business, the EV unit. You can't just lose $4.5 billion. It doesn't work like that. The markets don't support that. As part of the third quarter report, we see uh, Ford said on Thursday that its EV business, uh, called Ford Model E, lost um, all this money, all right? And it's double the loss from a year ago. Now, this is despite they had a 26% increase in revenue, but they lost double the amount that they lost last year. And it's not just Ford. General Motors is the same thing. In a quarter three letter to shareholders published on Tuesday, GM CEO Mary Barra said that the automaker would be changing course. What does that mean? Changing course. Changing course from what? Changing course from this push to electric vehicles. They had a previous goal to build 400,000 electric vehicles by mid-2024, by mid-next year. And that's what they're changing direction. They're no longer going to project to do that. They're no longer going to try to do that because they've been having the same setbacks as Ford. They're losing massive amounts of money and they're finding it unable. They're finding themselves unable to be able to meet those goals. GM's delayed the Silverado EV for another year due to, uh, surprise, surprise, shrinking demand and engineering challenges. Some of the engineering challenges are like, how the heck do we get all the materials that we need to build these things? They're just not available in the world. GM says that demand is so down, in fact, that it's diverting 1,000 employees from its Orion assembly plant in Michigan, which is currently being retooled for EV production, to other Michigan assembly facilities. So they're uh, currently trying to build out these EV facilities, and now they're just going to move everyone over. And it's not just Ford. It's not just GM. Mercedes-Benz, price of their stock fell nearly 6% 
because their profits fell. Why did their profits fell? The same thing. The CFO said that brutal, quote, brutal EV pricing uh, caused their profits to fall. So we saw their shares fall Thursday, reported lower profits, lower revenue, and, and highlighted pricing challenges in the EV space specifically. It's a bloodbath everywhere. He was quoted, the CFO was quoted as saying, quote, pretty brutal space, that's what he said. Uh, and the point is, is that there is no demand. And the reason why there's no demand is nobody wants to pay these astronomic prices. And the other problem is they just don't work. We saw uh, recently, it was, I think the president of Ford went on a road trip and show, and, and the report was like, wow, we can't really charge these things. We're going to get back to the charging thing in a minute. But what we can see is that these companies are losing money left and right, le left and right, left and right. Now, part of the reason why they've been able to work is because of the taxpayers are bankrolling these EVs. So that means you, <laughs> I don't own an EV vehicle. Well, I own a golf cart, <laughs> but I don't own an actual, uh, I, my main cars are, are combustion engine. I don't own an EV vehicle and you might not either. But regardless, you're paying for it. You're paying for it because taxpayers are the ones bailing them out. Ford and GM, uh, like I said, are, are slowing their production down, but the governments still spend billions of dollars in incentives. So it's the incentives that you're paying for um, through this. As a matter of fact, we can see, uh, well, we're going to talk about the incentives and how much there were, but earlier this year, the EPA, Environmental Protective Agency, Part of what's driving this put out new rules that would require as many as two of every three vehicles sold in the U.S. by 2032 to be electric. But nobody wants them. Nobody can afford them. The governments are running out of money. We talk about, uh, we'll, we'll talk later about some of the deficits that the government is, but right now we're spending, uh, well, as of, as of uh, last quarter, we had to borrow an extra trillion, an extra trillion dollars just in borrowing for the quarter. That's how upside down the government budget is, but yet they're spending billions of dollars to bend, to change, to, to will into existence both the supply chain, but more importantly, the demand curves. They're trying to build the demand, but it's just not there. The Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA, which is supposed to lower inflation by spending a bunch of money, put in a $7,500 tax credit for the purchase of electric vehicles, but yet nobody is still buying them millions of dollars, billions of dollars of incentives, and it's all falling apart. Now, the math is astonishing. It just will not work. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the amount of money that they're going to have to spend. We're going to talk about the deficit that they have. And we're going to talk about the unrealistic numbers. I want to break down some of these numbers for you in a minute. But if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We'll be back with more in a minute talking about this blow up of this renewable market. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. 
Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the demise, the failure of the renewable energy push, this ESG narrative. And we were talking about, uh, at first, this EV vehicle and how it's just this colossal failure. Not just a colossal failure, but a, a black hole, swallowing up billions and billions of dollars. I went through some of the losses that we have there. Uh, but we can let's, let's, let's dig into some of these numbers here. So according to Texas Public Policy Foundation, they concluded that EV vehicles cost tens of thousands of dollars more, if not if they or they would cost tens of thousands of dollars more if it wasn't for the taxpayer funded incentives again even if you don't own an EV vehicle you are paying for it the report said that the average model year 2021 EV would cost approximately $48,698 more to own over a 10 year period without the staggering $22 billion in taxpayer-funded handouts that the government provides to electric car manufacturers. So <laughs> the car, which are already overpriced, so if you look at a comparable EV vehicle to a comparable combustion engine, the amount over, the, the, the premium you're gonna pay for the EV vehicle, you will not save that in gas. You're not gonna save that in gas. And what they're saying is if the government didn't spend $22 billion from your taxpayer money, giving them as handouts to these companies, it would cost an extra $48,000 would basically double or almost uh, more than double the cost of the car. All right. So without your money as a taxpayer, we're not going to have it. But how do we continue to spend this money as a government when we're trillions of dollars upside down in a deficit? Now, uh, we can see that electric vehicle owners have been the beneficiaries of these regulatory credits, subsidies, things like that, totaling nearly $50,000 per EV, which is pretty crazy. And so the thing that's important to understand is that this goal, this push to net zero, uh, in order to get a net zero society, it basically favors the have over the have nots. Part of the reason why there's many reasons why the rich get richer and the poor get poor. Um, and most all of them are because of the government. They're caused by the government. Um, and this is another example of this, which is um, this, pushing this to this net zero society is going to increase this divide between the rich and the poor, the haves and the have nots. Because let's say like renters, if you're a renter, you're a low income family, well, you probably don't have a private charger to plug in your EV. And so then you have to charge at public charging stations. But the cost to charge at a, at a, at a private charging station is anywhere from five to 10 times as much 
as it would be to charge from home. So your cost would go up, your living standard would go down. Now let's break into some math. This is what's amazing to me. So let's just take a look at California, for example. In California, we have about 11,000 gas stations in California, all right, uh, places that sell gas. Now, this is about 110,000 nozzles. So 110,000 cars could fill up at the same time, all right? Now, what this means is if we need to replace all of those with charging stations, what we would need is we need at least 20 EV charging ports for every one gas nozzle. Okay, 20 EV ports for every one gas nozzle. And this would be by 2035 to hit California's goal by 2035. Now the cost to build a charging port, a charging station that has at least four charging ports is about a million dollars. So let's just do the math. 110,000 nozzles uh, times the 20 EV ports needed per nozzle. And then we divide it by four because each station has four ports and the cost is a million dollars. That would mean that California has to spend 555 billion, more than half a trillion dollars, just to have the ability to charge the cars that they need by 2035. Half a trillion dollars, more than half a trillion dollars. How's that sound? Now that's in California. California's packed. What about more remote areas? In Wyoming, Officials uh, hired consultants to do a study, and they said that there's no chance they can have chargers in their state. They said that seven remote sites would be used so infrequently, they would lose uh, an average of about $300,000 per site. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay to lose $300,000 per site? And then you add on top of it that the price of electricity is going through the roof. In Germany, in the UK, in California, electricity prices are going through the roof. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out why. They're building thousands of wind turbines, solar panels, but they can't get rid of the main power plants because they're needed for backup. So basically now Germany, UK, and California are paying for two power plants. They need a duplicative system. So they wanna run it off the renewables, but they still need the main one, the fossil fuel backup at the same time. So you're paying for two. So of course the prices are going up. So it's just not working. It's an unsustainable path. Now, part of this, like I said, is not just this EV vehicle. It's about the whole push. But really, I want to go back to just one thing. The, the government trying to push this narrative. And this is not the way capitalism works. It's not the way free markets work. The free markets work as individuals like you and I that move in our own self-interest. So when I want something and I want something bad enough, then I would be compelled human action. Mises wrote the book, Human Action. My human action would compel me to take action. You can't push that. It has to be market-driven. It's from the bottom up. There's a textbook example, a marketing flop from Ford. You would think Ford would have learned this. And there was a time when Ford tried to launch a new car called the Edsel. It was heralded as the hot new car in the late 1950s. All the experts and Ford executives said it was like, it was going to be the best car. It was going to be the biggest thing ever. They're going to sell so many of these units. Henry Ford, uh, the car was named after his son, guaranteed hundreds of thousands of sales of this new car. But there was a problem. Something went wrong. Nobody ever bothered to ask car buyers what they thought of the new car. And as it turned out, they hated it. So instead of selling 400,000 cars as they projected, 400,000, Americans bought only 10,000. The model was, of course, discontinued, but the lesson for the industry is you can't bribe Americans to buy cars they don't want. 
You can't, you can't do that. You think they would have learned it. You would think Detroit would have got the message, but they haven't. We saw last week Honda and GM announced an end to their two-year collaboration in building a platform for lower-cost EVs. It's gone. Honda and GM, they shut it. That means they're not going to have that future um, product. Amazingly, less than 10% of all new car sales over the last two years were EVs, despite the fact that the U.S. government is writing a check for $7,500 if you buy one. And some states are even kicking in an extra 5000 so even with all this push, even with all this technology, even with all this money back in your pocket, it still doesn't make sense and nobody wants them. That's the problem. And the news is even worse for wind and solar power. We'll get to that. The wind and solar power is even worse. The Wall Street Journal reported last week that clean energy investment funds are tanking. So the funds that you put your money into to invest, to grow, and they're investing into these clean energy projects, wind and solar, they're tanking. As a matter of fact, some are down as much as 70% in recent months. Solar's been one of the worst performing industry stocks this year. And of course it is, because it doesn't work. It takes too much money and there's no return on capital. Investments are very simple. Investments don't care about your feelings. They don't care about emotions. They don't care about judgment. They're not, they're not uh, you know, it's not up to um, someone to decide. It's, it's numbers, it's math. So I put a dollar in, how many dollars do I get back? Or, or how many dollars do I lose? It's simple math. And what we can see is that solar is down 70%, one of the worst performing stocks industries, uh, stocks in the industry. Now we're gonna come back in a minute and we're gonna break down some bigger math. We're gonna show you what was behind this big push, what narrative is starting to shift right now, and so much more. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, we're talking about the green curtain coming down what's behind it and ultimately what you can do to protect yourself as this all moves forward i got a whole lot more to cover i'm going to go through it pretty quickly you don't want to miss this so don't go away i'll be right back let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket legal shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years they connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done legal shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the green curtain. We're talking about the colossal collapse of the EV and the renewable space. We're running through all this. Now, if you missed any of this... <laughs> 
you should go listen to it. Check it out on the podcast. It's all archived. Just search the Mark Moss Show on your favorite podcast player, or you can go on to YouTube to Market Disruptors, and you can watch it and listen to it at the same time. Now, we're talking about how the EV space and uh, the solar space and just investing in renewables is collapsing, and we're starting to see this massive shift at the same time. So what am I talking about? Well, we saw Exxon and Chevron, uh, old school fossil fuel industries, are actually growing. As a matter of fact, Exxon and Chevron engineered a $110 billion black, uh, blockbuster acquisition to expand oil and gas drilling in the Permian Basin in Texas, one of the biggest oil fields in the world. Now, this is happening despite the $370 billion green energy slush fund that's out there for them. So even though there's all this money, even though the government's trying to push this, even though there's all these incentives, they're still investing heavily into oil and gas. And as this is happening, we're watching all the investments into renewables collapsing. We saw this week world's largest offshore wind farm developer abandons two major U.S. projects as the renewable bust erupts. Now, <laughs> oh, anyone that thought that offshore wind farms was a good idea needs to probably revisit their elementary math. We'll run through some of that. But what we can see is that President Biden and the Biden administration has been pushing this wind revolution, and now it's blowing down, it's falling down. The world's largest offshore wind developer is abandoning them. And it's not just them. Lots of these projects are being abandoned everywhere because they're losing massive amounts of money. Again, investments don't care about any of these narratives. They care about, do I get a dollar in, a dollar out? You can't just go light money on fire, even if it's the government, which doesn't have any money. Well, the government never has any money. The government cannot give something it has not taken. The government can only take money from you to give to somebody else. And they're literally taking your and I money, our taxpayer money, and lighting it on fire, giving it to these companies who are losing it all. Now, those companies, the founders, the owners, the people working at the company, they're getting fabulously rich. And the company burns down and we end up with nothing. As a matter of fact, we saw this uh, wind, wind, uh, this wind farm company. They said that uh, off New Jersey, they had two projects, Ocean Wind 1 and 2. And they lost total impairments recognized in the interim financial report for the first nine months of 2023 amount to $28 billion. $28 billion. How the heck are they going to afford that? That was your tax money my tax money that went to them. Again, the owners probably got new houses and new cars and they did probably did really good. And the $28 billion is up in smoke. And we don't have the wind farms. We have nothing, all right? Now, it's not just them. It's happening all over the place. As a matter of fact, we saw Siemens Energy in Germany crashed uh, after the company warned its wind turbine business is grappling with quality issues and offshore ramp up challenges. Challenges in like, wow, it's really difficult to go out into the middle of the ocean in a stormy sea and tie up next to these things and fix them. Hmm, who would have thought that? Never could have imagined things like that. In the solar industry, we saw a company called Solar Edge Technology shares plunged at, uh, two weeks ago after it was warned about sliding European demand. Nobody wants it. <laughs> Again, you can't bend the will of a market, all right? It has to come from they want it, right? our own self-interest. We see uh, President Joe Biden in 2021 laid out a target of deploying 30 gigawatts of offshore wind capacity during the next nine years. This was bold. It was ambitious. That's what people said. I said it was ludicrous. It would never work. And that's where we're looking like we're at. Two years later, the industry has another word for it, impossible. 
The U.S. offshore wind industry's 2030 generation goal now looks further away than it ever has. It looks further away because now that we've actually started trying to build it, we realized, oh, shoot, all these projections that we thought were there actually aren't true. And it continues to get worse. We can see that the industry suffered another blow last week after New York forcefully rejected developers' pleas for higher rates. So a New York developer said, hey, we can't continue building these things unless we can jack up the rates of electricity. Remember back to the have and the have-nots, the rich and the poor? As electricity prices go higher, guess what happens to the poor? The poor fall further behind. Now, the government can subsidize that with our tax money. At the end of the day, money doesn't just come from nowhere. So it can come from tax money to go to them, but it continues to drive that, uh, that gap in the rich and the poor. So uh, New York says, no, we're not going to raise the rates. And so the developer says, well, then I guess we can't continue to build. We can see in total developers building about nine gigawatts of capacity for five East Coast states have bailed out of their deals and not just bailed out, they've paid to get out. So what am I talking about? In July, Avangrid agreed to pay $48 million in fines to get out of its deal to supply power to three utilities. So they didn't just walk away. They actually paid $48 million in fines to get out of the deal. The next month, a Shell unit and its joint venture partners agreed to pay more than $60 million to exit their deals. Hey, we'll just give you the 60 million. We can't do this. Uh, sorry, uh, here's, here's, here's money. That's a big deal. Avangrid agreed to pay 16 million to terminate contracts for its Park City project near Connecticut. We can go on and on and on. Companies uh, that aren't walking away, they're seeing massive losses, massive write downs. Eversource reported a $331 million tax impairment charge for the second quarter. 331 million for the second quarter, it's offshore wind operation. Orsted announced a potential $2.3 billion charge on its UX portfolio. Oh man, it's just getting bad. It's, it is all falling apart. And like I said, started out by, as rates started going up, as the economy started to suffer, all these projects are exposed for what they are. Now that's on the supply side, that's on the, uh, the wind, the solar, but there's another market that's even more insidious, it's even more corrupt, and this is the carbon offset market. Now I've, I've been talking about this. I did a video on my main YouTube channel, Mark Moss, like two years ago, breaking down the Paris Accord and how this whole carbon market works. And basically it's what we call greenwashing. So companies don't produce less carbon, they just buy carbon credits. And of course it was always full, full of scam and fraud. Um, and that's exactly what we're seeing. We saw the carbon offset market faces chaos as African mega project collapses. It was one of the largest single sources of credits in the $2 billion carbon market faces serious doubt following the collapse of the partnership. Um, it's a big deal. It was, the, it was backed by the world's top seller of carbon offsets. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous if you think about it. So in Africa, wherever the carbon markets come from, Brazil, you name it, whatever, they're going to take this area of land and they're going to, uh, you know, a forest with trees, whatever, and they're gonna make sure that that stays there so people will buy into those carbon credits if those trees never get cut down. Okay, for two years or five years or 10 years, I mean, what happens when the government changes over the land, like forever? I mean, think about that. It's just insane. Uh, so we're seeing that falling apart. The project generated nearly $100 million by selling credits for more than 23 million tons of emissions. The, uh, the new risks undermining one of the market's underlying insurance mechanisms, um, known as a credit pool, the buffer pool, is falling apart. 
So we're, we, we're witnessing it falling apart all over. And it's not just that here in the United States, the world's biggest carbon capture plant was quietly sold off for a fraction of what it would cost to build it. Again, more money lit on fire. Millions, billions of dollars, again, put into a plant in Texas to capture carbon, the world's largest facility, and it's all gone. All that money up in smoke. It was sold off for a fraction of what it would cost to build it. And the reason why? Because <laughs> the economics don't work. You see, in a free market, uh, it requires free trade, and it requires both sides of the party to feel like they're getting a better deal. I'll certainly invest a mil uh, $1 and take the risk if I think I can get 3 or $4 back or whatever that return is. But when they don't make sense, they don't make sense. Now, I want to play this clip here. Rep. Doug LaMalfia, he's a, rep a Republican from uh, California, questioned the House Transportation Committee House Transportation Committee, the ones that are making the rules on these cars, these EVs, he asked them about the Infrastructure Investment and the Jobs Act. I want to play that clip for, for you in a second. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the collapse of the green curtain, the green narrative. It's falling apart. I'll be back with that video clip and more in a minute. You don't want to miss it. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the collapse of the green curtain. We're talking about the... ESG, the EV, the renewable energy, carbon credit market is all collapsing. Now we were talking about um, the carbon credit market. We talked about the electric vehicles. I wanna play this clip here for you. Uh, this is Rep. Doug LaMalfa, is a, a Republican from California, and he's questioning um, witnesses at the House Transportation Committee. So these are the people in the government responsible for passing these laws, these rules, these regulations on cars, emissions, on combustible engines, EVs, and the stuff like that. And he's questioning them. Uh, let's play this clip here. Panelists, let me just go right down the line real fast. What percent of our atmosphere is CO2? Okay, so he's asking them, what percentage of the Earth's atmosphere is CO2? Because the big thing is CO2, CO2. Cars emit too much CO2. We have to bring CO2 down as if magically the CO2 level is like the thermostat. 
So we can just go over to the wall and change the thermostat of the world by how much CO2 is in the atmosphere. That's that's the narrative, right? Uh, fossil fuels have too much carbon, uh, too much too much emissions, and if we have the CO2 get too high, then the worth the 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 world gets too hot. That's the narrative we've been told. Like I said, as if there's like some thermostat. Never mind the fact that plants need carbon. Never mind the fact that. Uh, never mind the fact that um, as the temperature has gone up in the last 120 years, we have more plants and more crops. We have less famine and less starvation. Never mind that it factually, historically, has actually been better for us. Human life has expanded. Uh, global wealth has expanded. Never mind that. Never mind the fact that plants need CO2. But they're saying that we need to adjust the amount of CO2 to adjust the temperature of the world. So let's find out. He's asking them. So you're going to make these rules. You're going to push these agendas. So how much of the atmosphere is made up of carbon? Let's hear what their answers are. Here we go. I'll bite five percent. I'll just follow you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go seven. That's my favorite number. I'll see their five and um, suggest that we know that transportation causes forty-nine percent of CO2. So that's why we're all working on. Okay. energy transition all right i'm gonna pause that for a second so they're like oh i guess I'll, i don't know haha <laughs> i don't know either i'll pay five percent ha i don't know either i'll do five percent so they don't even know the people that are in charge of making the rules don't even know now she said well we know that transportation makes up 45 percent of the co2 emissions okay but what percentage are the co2 emissions in the atmosphere let's continue listening so what number do you think it is yeah five five uh, five. What about you? I didn't hear you, Mr. Oh, seven. Seven. Seven percent. Did you have one, uh, Mr. Boyd? So we got a five, seven. Uh, <laughs> price is right. Eight. I'm going to get the high end. He's taking the over. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I don't mean to I put you on ice. I ask a lot of people that because all we hear is climate change, climate change, CO2, CO2. I heard a couple of you on the panel saying, you're looking to change your vehicles to electric, even though we don't have the electric grid. And me as a farmer, I wouldn't be real happy about running out and replacing $300,000, $500,000, million dollar pieces of equipment because someone wants, someone wants it to be electric. The answer is 0.04%. 0.04%. So the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere in the world is 0.04. It's like a rounding error. Now, they're saying that human cause of this emission is like 1% of the 0.4%. And in the United States is probably 1% of the 1% of the 0.04%. So these people who are making these rules to push these agendas don't even know this data. They're acting like it's going to change the world, but they don't even know the data. And now that you hear the data, it makes up 0.4%. So you can start to see why this is failing. It was not even necessary in the first place. So then why? If it's not really doing anything, if we have these people making these rules and these pushing these agendas without even knowing, why is this even happening? Well, that's a good question. Well, uh, like any good crime series or TV show would say, well, let's follow the money right? Follow the money. So what we can see is that ESG investing has gotten very big. As a matter of fact, this ESG, ingest, uh, ESG funds uh, had zero market share or zero total assets under management um, after the financial crisis in 2008. But by 2020, ESG funds were $16 trillion. 
They went from zero to 16, and they're projected that these funds would exceed 50 trillion by 2025. So going from zero to 2025. However, the US, which accounts for 11% of these ESG funds, is now seeing outflows. Money is now leaving them. $6.2 billion left the final quarter of 2022. And why? What's causing these outflows? Well, surprise, surprise, it's because the funds are not performing. They're losing money. Nobody wants to put their money into where it loses now, unless the government. The government wants to do that. You and I don't want to do that. So the results would be expected. If investors don't get returns, then they don't want to have their money in there. Harvard Business Review said, uh, unfortunately, ESG funds don't seem to deliver better ESG performance. So not only are they not returning investment returns, they're saying that the businesses that are running on these ESG um, standards are not even performing better than the non-ESG ones. So they're not returning more money, nor are the businesses working better. So what's the point? So why are these funds doing so badly? Well, as you might imagine, <laughs> uh, when they're trying to set ESG targets, they're they're, uh, they're focusing on the wrong things. Instead of focusing on building the business, <clears throat> they're focusing on these carbon numbers. It's the wrong thing. And then what happens is what we're seeing is when managers are underperforming their earnings, they're saying, well, but it's because we're focusing on ESG. So they're using ESG as this, this uh, excuse. Now, what we've seen from that is, of course, then BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, had to start dissolving their ESG funds. They've been moving back from the label. And it's not just BlackRock. We've seen State Street and other funds, Henderson Group, Columbia Threadneedle Investments. They've all dissolved their ESG funds so far in 2023. It's all falling apart. Larry Fink is even starting to backtrack this whole thing as well. He's the head of BlackRock. So we're starting to see this happen. It's all falling apart. Now, part, what we're also seeing this big shift to, and I don't have a lot of time to go into this, I've been talking a lot about it on my main YouTube channel, Mark Moss, is the rise of uranium. Uranium is used to power nuclear energy, of course. So we've seen this big push, and now all of a sudden, we're seeing headlines coming up everywhere that uranium uh, prices, you know, soaring. As a matter of fact, they're up 125% since the end of 2020. Um, I've been, uh, in, my, in my financial newsletter, Tactical Asset Report, we've been recommending multiple uranium plays that have been absolutely crushing it. And we're seeing more and more reports of the, the massive shortage we have in uranium because all of a sudden, uranium is now green. It's now green energy per, uh, per uh, the European Union. And so now we're starting to see more and more of these people jumping into it. The International Energy Agency estimates that global nuclear capacity needs to double by 2050. It needs to double to meet net zero commitments. So now the push to net zero goes into uranium. So that's how we protect ourselves. So we are going to continue to see governments light money on fire. They're not going to give up this narrative that fast, but it's going to continue to fail. They're going to continue to blow up money. Our standard of living will continue to decline as our purchasing power goes down and as your energy costs go up. However, the world is starting to realize that we need to run on nuclear, and I think that's going to save the day. And we can protect ourselves in our own portfolio by buying um, <laughs> traditional energy sources that work. I'm still bullish on uranium, nuclear. Of course, oil and gas is not going anywhere. Exxon and Chevron just did this $110 billion deal. And I expect both oil, gas, 
and uranium to be higher in the future. So if you're looking for a way to insulate yourself from all this, insulate yourself from the potential $5 gallon gasoline prices that are projected to come, um, do it by protecting your purchasing power into some of these energy plays. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, been breaking down the crash of the green curtain, uh, the EV renewable space that's crashing down. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Let me know. Hit me up in the comments or on social media at one Mark Moss. And that's what I got. Thanks for listening. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.